0: Welcome back to the Free Kit Martin Podcast. There's a lot going on in the world of Kit Martin right now. I want to introduce all of our guests here today. We have Jessica with us. Jessica, you have been a supporter of Kit from the very beginning. I remember getting emails from you when I was on the other podcast. And you're like, thank God somebody's finally speaking. You have some of the greatest Kit stories. He is part of your family with Stacy, right? My
1: cousin always he, and forever.
0: Always and forever. Do you keep in touch with them and are you on like the phone with them or do you keep email or-
1: Through Stacy mostly. Yeah. We I've been with her and talked on the phone with him that way. So,
0: and then Donna, you're basically Stacy's best friend. I call you when I'm missing her, like if she's <laughs> if she's missing in action, like you know, had to go to the bathroom or something, and I can't get a hold of her. I call Donna. So Donna, I appreciate you. Now you sat with Stacy during this court process, right in Hardin County. You guys were in the courtroom together.
2: Yes, we all three were there. We kind of joked and said we were. Kit's Charlie's Angels.
0: (laughs) Okay, that's where Charlie's Angels came from, because I've heard him say that and refer to it. So it was the three of you? Yes. So here I am with Kit's Angels today. Um, This is going to be really cool. So
3: Jessica, she is my first cousin. Great. And um, so, you know, I've known her since the day she came into the world. So um, she's become, she's the first cousin, but she's more like a sister. And then Donna and I, we've been best friends since 1991. Three. Oh, I think it was earlier than that because Mackenzie was born in 92. So I guess it was 91. Wow. Donna. So you put up. Wow. McKenzie, I
2: was thinking gone. 93. I was thinking about it today and I kept trying to think, but I'm not good with years because they go by so fast. Yeah, that's <laughs> the do. truth,
0: man. Yeah, life moves really fast. And can you imagine being confined like Kit is right now? And um, I know, Jesse, you, Jessica, you've told us some great stories just online on social media and via email about, you know, th- just over Thanksgiving, you're like, man, I always sat next to Kit at Thanksgiving. Um, tell us a, a couple of stories that we can put out there that kind of shows us the character of this man. Just how he treated you as a little girl. Oh,
1: like considering the age difference, he always hung out with me because there wasn't anybody else my age whenever we were all together. Like the trick with the mashed potatoes, my mom making me eat them and he's like, hey, Put some A one steak sauce on them, and
0: <laughs> it's more doable.
1: Working <laughs> down, I was like, "Yuck! Okay, that worked."
0: It actually is mean? really good. A one, you know, I liked it. <laughs> yeah, instead of gravy, right? Um, he is such yeah. a cool guy. I've never met him, and I know all of you ladies know him and know him very, very well. But one of the other people that you know in this story is Joni. And since we're doing a girls' night out, can we talk a little bit about Joni?
3: I would like to interject something here about. Well, both um, experiences I've observed besides my dog over there getting my granddaughter's stuffed animal <laughs> and ran over the house. <laughs> Emily, stop it. Um, anyway, she's not getting enough attention. Ellie. So a um, couple things I've observed with both Donna and Jesco. And again, they know him as Chris also because he was Chris to us. You know, they're from the same hometown that that where we lived and where I was raised. But I can remember once, and Jessica, you may not even remember this, just speaking to his, kind of his characters, we were sitting in church, and um, little Jessica bebops in with her little curly hair, and, you know, I mean, she's so much younger than us, we a lot younger than all of us, <laughs> um, uh, but she, um, anything could be wrong, and, you know, Chris and I talked about that, not to make you cry, Jessica, but. It was like no matter what was wrong in life, we turn around and see this little beep bopping redhead ginger walking through the door, and we just knew everything was going to be okay. Yeah. Um, and Jessica and I've gone on some real uh, some um, journeys with this whole thing.
0: <laughs> oh, I know. I mean, really, when yeah, when um, I first met you, Stacy, you said she ain't no bigger than a minute. <laughs> <laughs> she was talking about Jessica. Yeah.
3: So Crystal kind of makes fun of our accent a little bit, ladies. Um, <laughs> no, I do not. She just, <laughs> she just I wish up. I
0: had one just like it. It's so <laughs> funny because I wasn't
3: thinking about it. And I said she ain't no bigger in a minute, and she's but She's she don't get scared though. Can I share, Donna? I'm going to let you interject. I'll tell the story leading up to it, and you'll absolutely be able to fill in the blanks. Uh, is that okay, Donna? That would be great. Okay. So, um, Donna has, you know, known Chris, we were together. We'd come back. We had been in the military and we had come back to Tennessee. And, um, so Donna and I were realtors together. She's now, the. can I say that? Is it okay to say she's the coffee County register of deeds now? Um, but back then that's how I knew Donna's. We met in real estate and I was already with Chris. I was already married to him. Yeah. And, um, So Chris and I, when we fast forward split up, um, she was showing them houses. Isn't that right, Donna, Joni and and Chris? And I'll I'll never, ever forget after that what she called and told me. And Donna, I'm going to let you tell Crystal and Jessica here and our listeners what you told me about
0: her.
2: Well you. you know at a current time as we're in 2023 and everything that's happened, it's so unreal what happened that day um I approached and Chris introduced us, but we hadn't caught eye contact and just a few minutes into the house, we caught eye contact I and Joni and it went through my spine. Um, my first thoughts were, she's mean. She has a really? dark side.
0: She got a dark vibe,
2: and A dark side. She, she looked at me like she looked through me. It, it, it was piercing. And, you know, as a realtor, you really get to know people and personalities and, and you, and you, you really can uh, peg people. And she's the only one ever out in real estate that I made this phone call. As soon as I got to my car, I called Stacy. I said, "Stacy, I don't know where Chris has met her, but she's not going to add anything positive to his future. And she has a dark side. I think she's evil." Mm. And we go back to that over and over, especially when everything started happening. And there was other things that happened that we would go back to it when. There was things that she would do to the children when when they were visiting, and things that she would do to Stacy. Um, we we go back to knowing right from the get go. I, I I sensed it.
0: Yeah, I, you, know. you sure did. Those are some big words for like a first meeting with someone. Now, had you heard any stories up to that point? Any of the evil kind of nothing. Nothing,
2: nothing. Stacy. So that was just an
0: absolute first impression. Yeah, mm. I,
2: had I, I knew nothing. I had the
1: same first impression. Really? What year was it, probably, Stacey? 2004. I still to this day know exactly where I was when I met her for the first time. And it was like, it was like making, when you made eye contact with her, it was like she was still in your soul immediately. I mean, she, and we knew, I mean, like, I feel the exact same way as Donna. We didn't know exactly what it was. But we knew it was bad.
0: What about the and, kids, you guys? Did you feel for the children? Did you ever, did you know the kids in any way as far as her children? Were they ever around?
1: Yeah, it looked like there was a litter all the time. <laughs>
0: litter of <laughs> <Which was>, children?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, she, I think she was looking for a meal ticket because soon right. as I figured it out. I mean, it, and I'm not trying to belittle her children. I mean, they're going to have a long enough road to hoe. Yes,
0: know, absolutely, <laughs> There's one of those
3: country so, things. Yeah, yes.
0: a, not a um, road to a hoe, but road to hoe. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Right. Um, Difference. Your, son definitely, your uh, son definitely takes after her. Does he? I think. So, so so that would be EJ. Now we have, we have two girls and then EJ and you guys, I mean, you've been around since the court martial and Stacy even testified in the the court martial, which, uh, which is funny.
3: They didn't keep me on the stand for very long. We were laughing. Crystal and I were ladies about this during the court martial. They were having me testify is which an ex-wife that will I'm not tooting my horn, but I'm just saying it speaks to his character. If an ex-wife's going to testify for their ex-husband, that speaks just mounds to him because most, ex, you know, usually they'll be laughing that they're in trouble. You know, was yeah. funny, a funny thing to me, but they got me on the stand and um, <laughs> they didn't prep me. And um, so if I remember correctly, the attorney said, you know, ask me questions about where Chris and I, kit to you all to the listeners but where we'd met and, and we talked a little bit about the military background and everything and then he said do you think you know Joan well enough to speak to her honesty and just right out of my mouth before I thought about it I said she is the biggest liar I have ever <laughs> met in my
0: life <laughs> and like right and on the stand
3: judge and I said I just thought we were trying to get at the truth well guess what The prosecution never asked me a question. They said,
0: no questions for this. We we do not want to get her started. Now, see, I would have liked to have seen you get on the stand and Mike Kanzaki, for that matter. Two of the most important people, I think, in this entire case would have been you and him to be on the stand in the criminal case, too. You know, I mean, that would have changed everything, especially Michael Kanzaki's uh, testimony. For God's sakes, you know, he talked to Cal two weeks before the murder. And you think about, I mean, just think about that, you guys. I mean, Mike, Michael Konzaki has seen this whole thing. He went and stayed with Kit for a little while to help him with the court-martial situation, you know, and uh, has really gotten into this. And I'm telling you what, man, I think that, I think that we're starting to very slowly inch up on um, some big news here very, very soon.
3: I
2: guess the game field I'm in, in politics, a lot of times we use this saying, follow the money. And from the get-go, it's about the money. It is
0: about the money. Thank you, Donna.
2: They had their hands on our federal funds.
0: They allegedly did. You cannot get a life insurance policy unless you have settled law. That's what I keep thinking about here is that there's got to be settled law. We've got to settle this. We've got to get him arrested. It's definitely him. I mean, I don't know why that family felt that Kit was so against them, but he absolutely wasn't. It was neither here nor there what was going on across the street. He was happy that Cal and Joan were together. He really was. Michael <laughs> Michael Kanzaki will tell you that I wanted to shake the man's hand for taking her off my plate. You know, then the bigamist stuff comes up. Then we find out she's a felon. Then we find out that somehow she's bailed out of jail. Somehow she's bailed out of jail. Yeah, yeah, follow the out, money. Sure follow the money. Donna's absolutely right. I say if you follow the money on this whole thing, ladies, we're going to have one surprise after another. You
2: know, the the thing that every day I say to myself is how do the prosecution and the victim's families live with no evidence, no DNA? And they they could have went ahead and 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 sentenced him to death.
0: That's right. And it was an option. And no DNA. And the death penalty was on the table. Judge Atkins put it on the table. Think about that. This man is innocent, 100% innocent. There was nothing. in. you know what? It had to be a bad day in Christian County the day Court TV came in and said, we're going to cover this. Mm
3: -hmm. If you don't care, uh, Crystal, I'd like to address that. I talked to one of the attorneys that represented him, and this is very interesting, ladies, uh, for our ladies not out here. Um, we saw the indictment. It's We put it all over social media, and the reason we have is because it says, that for you all who have not seen it, it says death penalty is on the table, and it says no bond. Well, his attorney says, death penalty had been taken off the table. So I want to know, Judge Atkins. I want to know why death penalty was written on the instructions.
0: Where he wrote in his old man writing, and it's very frightening. I mean, just to look at it, you're like, ooh, getting the heebie-jeebies. It, it says death penalty is an option, and it's the grand jury transcript.
2: How in America? You know, the thing that when I sat in that courtroom room and I watched the players and Everybody that is took an interest in this needs to watch the whole court case on court TV when there were so many inconsistencies. There was so much that the judge didn't allow to happen because he knew the reason he didn't because he knew that that would help Chris Kit, and he didn't want it heard.
0: It's so unbelievable right how the, obvious you know, that was too. Right
2: from the beginning... Yeah. They had crucified him. They did. Right from the beginning. They, I mean, the they was, had to get a guilty verdict. They were they being got, told we that. Were, you
1: know, whenever we were there, um, there was so much sidebar. And none of that can be on court TV. So even people who watch the trial and they get these, you know, you're just getting, you're getting the the meat of the matter, but you're not really getting the gist of the trial, which was smacking him in the face every time you turned around right it was not it wasn't swift, it wasn't just, it wasn't anything about it. It was unconstitutional
0: <laughs> all over the place.
1: Um, the also just for a side note in general, something that really really bothers me about just like the state of Kentucky in general, This can happen to anybody there, and you have. There's nothing you can do. You're not going to get paid back for it. You're not going to get your name back. You're not going to get. And nobody's
0: going to be held accountable, or at least that's what we think. Until this movement, until this movement gets up to a million people, and that's the goal. Because there is strength in numbers, ladies. Let's get Uh we get a million people behind us, and it's not impossible to do that. There are days the olden days of save our heroes our country really does want to save our heroes they really do they just don't know where to go to do it anymore cuz save our heroes isn't a you know it isn't as out there as they used to be those guys used to be so on top of everything that's where our friend rico got a million and then tiktok came in and you know tiktok will start getting involved after like a million views of something they're going to really become involved um, and um, it, that's something that Rico just said. And we, we're talking about a guy that served in the United States Air Force, met us on um, TikTok and reached out and said, I served time over at Leavenworth in that 90 days uh, of Kits. And I served with him. He goes, he had the 90 days. I had the full seven years. And it was for a wrongful conviction. So, we, And he
3: wants to help him. He, he could speak to Chris's character also. And yeah. Chris said, well— in fact, yesterday or maybe the day before I sent Rico's phone number to Kit and they contacted each other so last night. Cool,
0: I it was. that is and, um, so cool, Stacy. That just delighted my heart, didn't it? Yours, and that was all you, they, girl. You put people no, together just like not. you put the four of us together right now. You do this all the time, and that's what I say: there's strength in numbers. We got to keep doing this on a social media basis. Share everything and hashtags. Hashtags are so important. That is your hashtags are basically the topics. Or the, you know, the subject matter, free Kit Martin. So we hashtag that everywhere we go. Now, we've also started that hashtag, Joan Had the Phone. I want you to know that's just on TikTok alone, that's been hashtag over two hundred and seventy-five thousand times. Now that's tell awesome. me that's not that means people's eyes are on that. Oh, I love that. Let me see Girl. that again. Stand up and let me see. Can y'all see my shirt? I Can let me see see I love the gray. I got the black and I love it I too.
3: And it says hashtag Joan had the phone. I feel like that hashtag
1: is uh sparks your curiosity. That's right. Well. I mean uh not I'm very cynical, and I, obviously, yes, hashtag free Kit Martin, but I feel like the people that see that, they may be more curious, and you can actually type it in and search it, and it's going to lead you somewhere to where you can hear this story, get educated on, this can happen to you. I have four boys. This could happen to one of my kids. No I mean, question about it. It's just, it's the world we live in now, because there are-
0: It can't you know, be.
1: You know is extremely evil. But there are little Jonies everywhere.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Ask these people from the U.S. Air Force serving seven years. His story is unbelievable. It was just, uh, you know, I mean, I saw one the other day, a guy, I mean, TikTok's just full of this kind of stuff, but I saw one the other day where a guy has a woman come into his yard, right? And he comes out and he goes, you can't be in my yard right now. You need to leave. And she wouldn't leave. And then he's like, no, you really do. Look, I'm going to go get my gun. I mean, you need to leave. And because he said he was going to go get his gun, she charged him with attempted murder. He ended up serving. I mean, he ended up serving time out of this. And he had served in the U.S. Army. And he put his—this really got to me, you guys. He put his uniform, and he goes, do you know how much blood, sweat, and tears are in that uniform right there? And he had it hanging up behind him. He torched his uniform, you guys he torched it he goes this is what they did to me they left me in there they did not protect me i protected them and i did everything they told me but i got zero from the us army on helping on this and you this is you too the us army i go and and serve my country then my country does this to me that's what happened to kit I can't see him you know, ever burning a uniform, but holy no. smoly, he would have every right. He would have every right. You know, it,
2: right. it all goes oh. back to Joni because they believed her. They bought her story for some reason uh, from the get go. They wanted to support whatever she wanted to accomplish. Why? And um, you know, to be military men, all those military men that were in that decision making, um, and then the the the. The, the higher up political people that uh, got involved in this,
0: yeah,
2: um, at the state level in Kentucky, I I don't understand why they wanted a innocent man to do this to his life. I mean they they have totally let the 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 ones that committed the murders they're still free. They're watching our shows.
0: Yes, they are.
3: No, you bet. You bet.
2: Very closely. Yeah. I think
1: first Chris was a uh, person of convenience, and then I think he became a pawn to win an election.
0: That's very possible with the Andy Bashir thing and the timing of everything. I
1: mean, the results of that particular election were it was not a landslide. No. He needed
3: something to tip that scale. And
0: so I he mean, won by four percent. Oh my.
3: And come on, guys, how easy is it to get an appointment with the attorney general? He was, I mean, we're going there, it seems like. He was an attorney general running for governor, right? And this right. is what your ladies are referring to. Right. And he's neck and neck with his opponent. And all of a sudden, he shows up with this. No, they take him down at the airport where the media already was waiting. And it's like, wow, look, I'm fighting crime. And, um, Look at me. I'm going to fight crime. And I've got this high ranking military officer, decorated officer, which was great for news for him. And I'm taking this man down. You know, he lived across the street. He was married to a psychopath, my opinion. And then now it's easy. We can blame him. And we've got somebody, the ex-wife, who's actually the ex-bigamist, who is more than happy to help them you know, try to have false evidence and to convict him.
0: Just seems to me like butt hurt dignitaries in the U.S. Army. I have another word for you, by the way. There's <laughs> nothing brave about you. Um, I, could u- I could use a female genitalia kind of word for you. Um, I'm
1: with wussy.
0: Yeah, it oh. rhymes with wussy. <laughs> Yeah, it does. (laughs) Hey, it's girls' night. (laughs) Uh, But but these are not military dignitaries, you guys. These are rhymes with wussies. Mm
2: -hmm. Yes, and you have to go deep in this because you know we're we're on that surface about the military and how they didn't protect their own. They went with this evil woman. Who? Why in the world did they trust her? I don't know. But then, as as you get to these triple murders. Then correct me if I'm wrong. What I have in my head from when I was at the court was detective the the investigator Smith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that not his brothers? No. 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 The truck driver, was he not
0: No, uh, there was another one. His name was Ed Ed Stokes was the captain. Ed Stokes,
3: right, and he
0: had to recuse himself from this whole thing. And then William Stokes, William Stokes was of the alleged boyfriend of Joni. I don't know if they were boyfriend and girlfriend or not. She was still seeing Cal at the time. I mean, we've got to put that out there. That is that is out there for the world to digest. That Cal and Joni. had a relationship, a very intense relationship.
3: We have a recording, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to the deceased. It's just a fact. We have a recording with Cal admitting, because he was asked, the rumor is in the town that you're having an affair with Joan. His exact reply to that was so.
0: So? Started laughing. So. So what? The information that the Army has is the fact that
2: Apparently you were having an affair with Joe. Okay. Okay, that's what they have. And so what? Okay. Well, <laughs> it, it brings in the motive. You know. Well, okay.
1: there, there, and that's why I say whenever you look at the disc and you look at the information, that stuff stands on its own. That's free from anybody's right. Right. But free, the thing from is, from is that you got to
2: think about here too is that
1: these. But there's are the no questions. motive. There's no motive there. Well, I, I mean, if the anybody, anybody
2: could could come. And, Come across with a motive with that if you're having an affair with the woman that's involved in this situation the, the, the thing is everybody's going to make that out to be what they will and okay? that's fine that's you fine. have your I've... viewpoint on it she has her, her viewpoint on it from the outside in calvin it doesn't look good
1: okay, okay well that's great because the information on the discs that'll speak for itself i okay. have no, i have nothing to do with any of that and,
3: and you know to donna where you were going is and i do think that. Uh, William Stokes was Jones' uh, boyfriend, and uh, they're, you know, from what I understand, and he had two brothers. One was Doris Ray Stokes. One was a fireman. One was on the police force. Here's a question I've had, ladies, for a long, long time, and, you know, there may be something I'm missing in this, but they find this car burning with two unidentified bodies. How did they know at that exact time to recue or to remove one of the Stokes from the case because it would be a conflict? How did they know at that point it was right. going to be a conflict?
0: Well, we don't know what time all of that took place, uh, but I no, would I would be test. very interested in finding out. I really would, uh, because it it's all happened so question. fast. Doris Ray Stokes was one of the first firemen to arrive on the scene, and uh, Ed Stokes was the first police officer. And William Stokes is apparently dating Joni. I mean, God, yeah. And where were these people during the trial? Where were they? Oh, they, they just couldn't there. be found.
2: Hey. They were there, but the judge didn't let them testify.
0: Well,
1: William, that they supposedly couldn't locate, I can locate him right now if I need to. Yeah. <laughs> Just a car ride. I yeah. mean,
2: but y'all remember those brothers looking at us, Jessica, like they could kill us, <laughs> looking through us. Yeah. Like we were
1: being the plague.
2: Being,
1: being at that, I wouldn't take anything for being there at the trial and getting that firsthand experience um, because it was,
2: it was a joke. I mean, you know, I remember when we were in the restroom and the jury came into the restroom unattended yeah. and and some of us three were in the stalls and we were having a conversation Whoa. And, and there's the jury women in our there bathroom. Was,
1: there was one jury, the like um, she was probably almost I would say close to retirement age. And I don't remember if it who else was in there. I know I was in there. and I know she was in there. And she I could hear her breathing heavy and she comes out of the stall and she's having a full on panic attack in the bathroom. And I'm a audience member and she's a juror. And I'm like, are you okay?" Like, first of all, how are you even in here with me?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: are you okay because she she was not okay there was- I, I really feel like she had a job to do that she didn't want to do which was oh I got that case.
0: I got that feeling with everybody on the in the prosecution table I mean I didn't feel like Barbara Whaley wanted to be there I didn't feel like sometimes Scott Smith wanted to be there I felt like they were forced to be there they were you know now Scott Smith took that job and his whole thing leaving post two and then getting this job is very suspect to me I mean Emilio Corsetti who's writing the book uh, I will ruin you right now uh he he says that's a nothing burger but I think it is a something burger so, yeah. um, you know, and by the way, Emilio Corsetti, you guys were talking about sidebars a while ago. I am going to try because I'm a media person. I've been a news person all my life. So like Emilio, I'm going to go for an open records request as he got all of the sidebars. So I don't know if you've ever been over to EmilioCorsetti.com, but if you go to the site map and you go over to his videos, they're all on uh, Vimeo and they're very high quality. And take a listen to some of the sidebars because it changes everything. And uh, I don't know if the Supreme Court has the ability to do that as they, I mean, I don't know if they they do check. I would if I were them. I would want to know everything, what the judge was up to. I would want to know all of that. So I'm just hoping that my fingers were crossed that some of those sidebars were heard because then you get to really see what they didn't do. It's a lot of what they didn't do. Right. More than what they I did. I like,
1: you know, you said you felt like they they the prosecution didn't want to be there. I really I don't know if Stacy or Donna got this impression, but I felt like they were I almost felt like they were scripted. Right. And it didn't matter what the rebuttal was or the cross was. They were just sticking to their script. And, and I feel like they knew the outcome the whole time. So they just they didn't really have to fight.
3: Some breaking news right here on the free Kit Martin podcast. Information that I found out that for some reason never came out in the trial. It, uh, one is Did you all know that Kit Martin had had Doris Ray Stokes arrested at one time for threatening to kill him? No. Yes. And Chris was out running the dog, and I guess he went down some road re- running. And Mr. Stokes' dogs, and I think I have the details correct on this, but please understand this is coming from somebody whose phone calls are recorded and, you know, we're trying to put the information together. I don't know why it wasn't brought out in court, because one of Chris's lawyers definitely knew about it. Mm. Um So Chris is out running the dogs. The guy's, Stokes' dog gets loose, comes out there, Chris's dogs and that dog get into it and he screams at Chris with a shotgun. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. And it was so bad that Chris calls and he, uh, now I don't know if they picked him up because I think Doris is the one that was in the fire department, but he absolutely went and there's a police report on it where he filed it where Doris Ray Stokes threatened to kill Kit Martin And for some reason, that never came out in the courtroom.
0: Oh, my gosh. Everything that had to do with the Stokes, it was objection, objection. It just became chaos and a mess again. That's very interesting news right there, though.
3: So that goes to Donna's speaking, or I think it was Donna, it may have been Jessica, that, you know, talking about that these Stoke boys, they were, you know, again, recused from the case. I'll use that word uh, because they said they would be a conflict of interest. I don't know how. We need to look that up on transcripts. Um, Come to find out, Doris Ray Stokes had threatened to kill, you know, Kit Martin at one time for for the dogs getting in an argument. Um, And then, you know, William Stokes, the brother, was dating Joan. So that seems a little entangled to me. And then one other thing you mentioned when we were talking, when Jessica was on, she was talking about the jury's And I think Donna was feeling this way also, as I did, that felt like, I felt like when Kent Martin walked in that courtroom, he was already convicted.
0: No question about Uh, it.
3: Amen to that.
0: Yeah. And even when he was arrested, he was convicted. They arrested Mm -hmm. him at the Louisville airport in a very orchestrated, planned, scripted way. TV cameras standing by for the five o'clock news. Hmm. It was like 3.30 in the afternoon or something. Um, you know, unbelievable. And also, think about this, you guys. And I was telling Stacy about this on the phone earlier. I just want you to try to envision, you know, a couple days after the arrest, they get him to Christian County from, you know, Louisville. And Scott Smith comes walking in with a woman, right? And he's going to interrogate. He's about to interrogate Kit Martin. Let's remember Kit Martin is a U.S. Army Ranger. And he has already <laughs> outsmarted every one of these people, you know. So, well, not, you know, and I know— and I know because he's so smart and because of what—that's that, that that's the reason that some of those dignitaries probably in the Army and the people like the Doris Stokes of the world have an issue with him. He's a badass. I'm going to say it. All right? It's just straight-up jealousy. Somebody's butt well, hurt. Well,
3: the problem they have with, in my opinion, with Kit—and I'm not—I don't think we're going to put that name out there yet. But there was a high-ranking official—that's coming. It's coming— listeners. We're, we will put that out there. Oh, yeah. But there was a high ranking official that basically, excuse, I don't know if this is a bad word, but he pissed him off because he, he disagreed and he wouldn't stand down from his principles. No. And it was an integrity issue. And he was not going to say he did something that he did not do. So he was offered an opportunity for it just to all be gone away. This was the court-martial. Right. It was going to all just be disappeared and he would not go along, just go along with that and lie about it. And guess what? That person, okay, General Stammer, he was just absolutely, from that moment, Chris's life changed. I all know, of our I, lives
0: changed. Yeah. And I, I could see that from like the Bob McCarty interviews and uh, things that have happened like several years ago, even before the court martial, There were already interviews going on uh, with Kit Martin out in the public about what is going on in the military. And uh, it's really, this to me is the saddest part of it, is that these dignitaries in the army, I mean, it just frightens me. It cannot be that way in the United States. We can't have somebody go over there and fight like Kit did his entire life for, and just to give to people I mean, that is his heart. And then this happened to him where his own country turns on him like this. That's the part of this that enrages me the most. It's the reason I put myself right here behind this microphone, and I'll put my face behind it and everything. Because at this point, my country has gone to hell. And it started that day, that very day in June of 2021, when that jury said guilty. It was bought and paid for. They railroaded him. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it that it happened right here as a banana republic.
2: I grew up in the Navy. I grew up on military bases. I grew up observing integrity, observing respect, observing um, I've got your back. Uh, Military families are so strong. Um, And to have watched this play out, and my dad, my 84-year-old dad, 20-year navy retired vietnam veteran it it is absolutely sickening to know what all and and my dad did a lot in vietnam and a lot in the military on ships but chris was flying and he was in war zones in the air yeah and you know he makes it through all of that and then his country turns their back on him
0: unbelievable he fought for the Bill of Rights, and they're just pissing all over it right now, man. Um, also, I wanted to tell you guys this. So you just reminded me of something, being that you came from a Navy family and everything. Uh, Mike Kanzaki was telling me, he's like, you know, I've been working for Kit pro bono for a while now, and he's like one of L.A.'s greatest detectives, and we were so lucky to have him. But he said, I, I said, what what is it that got you into this? Is it because Kit's just such a cool guy? He goes, no, I'm an Army guy. We leave no man behind. That's right. We leave no man behind. And we're not going to leave you behind, Kit. Um, None of us are. None of us are going to leave you behind, my friend. I cannot wait for you to... Jet off into the sunset wherever you guys end up going. Your Uh, family—it's just such a beautiful family, isn't it, Donna? I mean, I know it is. is. I mean, these people are some salt of the earth. And I sat next to Mr. Martin, Mr. Marty Martin, who is, of course, the great father of Kit Martin. And I was sitting next to him at our very first little rally. It was the day of the sentencing, and the night before the sentencing, we all met and. You know, we were having some wine and sitting down. I didn't know I was sitting next to Kit's dad. Uh, but, he, he, you know, we were all going around and just introducing ourselves. And it gets to M- Mr. Martin. He says, my name is Marty Martin, and uh, I'm Kit's dad. And that's how I know he didn't do it. And it just came to me Hi. then. Yeah, then I started bawling in front of all the family. And I, you know, I not this country. I can't believe it's happening in this country. And a And it is happening in this country. It's not just Kit's case, you guys. That's what I've learned from being a part of this. This is happening all over the United States, not just in the state of Kentucky. We just happen to be the people calling out the state of Kentucky and the U.S. Army right now. Let's just say it right out loud. We've got to call out the U.S. Army.
3: Mm -hmm. There's a website that people can visit called militarycorruption.com yeah well i mean it's just dedicated to these kind of things crystal i would like to ask donna a question and i don't think i've ever asked her this you know we just knew he was innocent we just know him you know she's known him for since 91 Mm -hmm. you know and um i want to know you know and it could have been before i'm not going to give you a preempted answer and what i want our listeners to know is We don't all get together and say, this is what we're going to say on this podcast. Mm -mm. This is a free conversation. It's not scripted at all. We're just having conversation. But I want to know, Donna, at what moment did you know that Kit Martin was innocent? From the very first moment
2: anything was said to me. I have known he was innocent from the start. From the start of all the circus, I have known my friend Chris, Kit Martin, is innocent and it and it is sickening. I, I had to visit. My brother was a pill head and my town used him as a file on their desk. He wasn't a pusher. He wasn't a dealer. He was an addict. And every time they could catch him with something, they put him in jail. He would end up in state prisons because he would violate probation with having some substance. Yeah. Going in and seeing him. And I had another family member that was guilty that we went to see as a child in prison. He was guilty. And it was still sickening that how they're living and and how they're kept. It was a prison down in Alabama. I mean, it was awful. but. To know this man and know there's no doubt, there's zero doubt, Kit Martin is innocent. I cannot believe that that, that we go from year to year. It's 2023, 2015, 2023. Kit has lost all these years. He's got grandchildren he has not even seen yet. The man is innocent and he's been deprived of all these years. And I, I don't know what we do. I mean, there's not a doubt in anybody's mind that knew Chris all these years in Manchester, Tennessee. We know he's innocent. Oh, yeah. Everybody oh, yeah. does. Everybody he worked with, everybody that he knew, everybody that his kids played with. He was an ideal father. He was at the baseball fields. He was showing horses with them, miniature horses, which was so... <laughs> Cute, you couldn't imagine. I love that Stacy got
0: him into that.
2: <laughs> and he he was dedicated. If he was going to do something, he's going to do it all the way. Uh huh. Um, everything for those children. Everything in our town. You know, I can remember it being after 2015, and I walked into the veterans building for breakfast, and there was Kit yeah. and his dad. Now, look what all he had going on in his life, and everything on the edge. And this is a every month breakfast. And guess where Kit was with his veterans.
0: And Stacy was telling me, didn't he just have a veterans? It was after Veterans Day, but they actually got to eat some real chicken, he said, whatever that means. He was
3: so excited. He, he emailed me and said, we had a veterans club dinner today and it was actually real chicken. And it just, you know, just. And they had Pulled the whole the thing, out. like
0: mashed potatoes and green beans, and, like, they had this real, like, kind of Thanksgiving chicken dinner uh, with a bunch he of veterans. so
3: excited. I yeah. know.
0: I love that. I love that. Hey, it's also worth mentioning that the day of the sentencing, I was live down there on Facebook for one of the Facebook pages, and I'm very proud to announce that Fort Campbell uh, buzzed the tower that day. So his Apache wow. helicopter people were there. And uh, how about it? Yeah, I tell you, I got chills thinking about it right now. But I, I was just live and I was kind of walking around the parking lot, and you kind of hear that kind of thing coming. You know, it doesn't, it's not like a, a helicopter. Mm. This is a gunship, you know? Mm. So it's when it's above you, you know it's above you. And these uh,
3: must be people that had worked with him Yeah. making a statement. Uh,
0: but yeah, there was somebody buzzing the tower in that they just dropped low. Uh, to the courthouse uh, while we were all out there with our signs and then came right back up again. So a nice little bow. We took it as what it was. It was like it just buzzed the tower. That's that's, that's We support you. Yes. Yes. Dedication. Hey, we're going to do it again, ladies. I'm ready to go stand, hang out. I mean, even if it's in front of the jail, if we can do like a ladies' retreat over there in West Liberty, why not stand out in front of the jail with some signs? I mean, it. you know, we could get permission and actually pull that off and then invite some Kentucky people to come join us. You know, I I've, just
3: don't want to do anything that could make it hard on kids. So that's, right. you know, yes, yeah. So. I get
0: it, darling. We would never do that. We would never do that. The um, other
2: thing that needs to be mentioned is, as I've said to Stacy and others, don't go to Kentucky. Yeah, <laughs> I'm afraid of Kentucky. I'm afraid if they see our car tag. Right. I'm afraid of what they'll do. And my husband spent two years working in that Hopkinsville community, mm. staying at the Holiday Inn downtown. And it just chills me to the bone to think what could have happened that he could have gotten absolutely this, but.
0: man. Oh man, I can't believe it. It's just bought and paid for, or something. What is going on where an innocent man like this can just be raked? Not once raked over the coals, twice. Once from the army, and then somehow they get twelve people to say you're guilty, and there's zero well, there was evidence. Money. There zero was money evidence, and a lot of money.
2: I mean, there was money um, following the trail.
0: You well, know, it. I'm going
3: to just say. My friend Donna, she worries about me all the time. Anyway, she knows sometimes I'm just gonna step out and do it anyway. Um, <laughs> we all so, have learned um, that. <laughs> but I will just say for our listeners, and I'm talking about those that we know are listening: Scott Smith, Barbara Whaley, the Whaley family, Noiseworthy. Um, I'm not scared of
0: you. Little John Atkins, Little Jimmy Garrett, all you guys.
3: I'm not scared of you. What I am, what I do know, you will abuse. You will abuse your authority. Um, I know Crystal gave. Scott Smith benefited the doubt earlier saying that she thought he didn't want to be there. I think he enjoys being corrupt. I think he's in too many other cases to not be. There will be things come out, Scotty. I
0: mm. mean, there will
3: be. And I'm, 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 yes, I'm calling you out here. You know why? Because you were instrumental. You all were instrumental in putting this innocent man, the father, the son, the military hero, our friend, a Christian man, somebody that was not and is not the monster you all made him out to be. And how dare you lay down and sleep at night? That's how I feel about it.
2: You know, when you're a judge, when you're the state governor, when you're the attorney general, when you are working as a public defender, you have a due diligence and you have an oath of office. How? in the world are they living with themselves? It's their duty to fix this and get it right. They know, they know it's wrong and they are under oath and they have done this to cut.